and welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. We have to go, Maggie. No time. This episode is so big, so long, that we can't even have any banter. No banter. I'm so confused. How is that no banter? (laughs) Why would you tell me that now as opposed to before we started recording? (laughs) It's short, urgent banter. This is urgent. You ready? Okay. So, Maggie, where are we, first of all? Well, we're in Chile now. Yeah, we crossed into a new country. Mm -hmm. That's pretty great. Yep. But let's not talk about that. It just doesn't fit in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So our last bit in Bolivia was probably our absolute favorite bit. Yeah. Do you think that's accurate, Adam? Absolutely. The best part of Bolivia and maybe our, I don't know, some of the best parts of the trip. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So I feel like this episode is how Shadow got her groove back. Oh, you're you're just naming the episode up front, huh? This is what's up. (laughs) This is what's up, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's pretty accurate. I think we had a great time. Shadow, this was like the primary challenge for Shadow and the planning is one of the biggest constraints Mm -hmm. making this trip Mm -hmm. on its own Mm -hmm. through such a long stretch of desolation. Well, maybe we should say where we were. So we went to the Salar de Uyuni, Mm -hmm. which is the salt flats in Bolivia. And then we went through the Lagunas route, which um, takes you through southern Bolivia into the Chilean border. And the Lagunas route is aptly named, wouldn't you say, Maggie? Yes, Adam. There were quite a I few was, I thought lagunas. we were doing <laughs> important banter only. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is very important. Everything I say is very important. <laughs> we're having one of those mornings, huh? Anyway. Um, uh, you couldn't see it, but I was rolling my eyes at you, too. <laughs> So we, uh, the last episode, we had just arrived at a uni, the city mm-hmm. next to the Salar and the beginning of, or end of the Lagunas. It Sra. came from the train graveyard. Yeah, we were in the train graveyard. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that we did was try to go to a tour guide and get a little bit of a feeling of like, what's the road condition? What are the trail conditions? Well, the reason being that we are here during rainy season. Right. Um, and we had been warned that the salt flats and the Lagunas route are really treacherous during rainy season. We looked online and saw like, oh, you know, in the in the rainy season, you can't really even visit the Salar. You can just visit the edges. And the Lagunas route is so muddy, you can't even do it at all. Mm-hmm. That was from 2007 where they weren't in a huge drought. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, I just wanted to kind of get a green light, red light. But we did start the trip off with a few worries because we went into this tour guide and he was just like, oh, no, yeah, you, you can go, but you got to go with a guide. You, re- you really have to follow somebody who knows the way. And, you know, I, I was in the back of my head. I didn't communicate this to Maggie, but I was like, yeah, of course you would say that. Yeah, I was going to say, we, plural, didn't <laughs> go into this trip with any worries. I went in yeah. because you <laughs> insisted on talking to a tour guide and then disregarding everything he said. Right. Well, I, so all I wanted out of the tour guide was like a green light, red light. Like if he's, mm-hmm. he's like, no, no one's going to the Salar right now because you can't even get in. Yeah. That would be information that I would pay attention to. Yeah. But like, no, you need to have a tour guide. You need to know he where you're going. He was basically like, yeah, there's a lot of ins and outs and what haves yous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We watched Big Lebowski recently, so I think we're going to up our Lebowski references. I feel like this podcast is already pretty deep on Lebowski yeah, references. I know, I know, but I'm just saying it's going up. All right. So anyway, <laughs> of course, the tour guide tells us like, Oh, yeah, you need my services, of course. We we leave at 10.30 in the morning, so mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. That, that sounds like it would work for you. I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to talk about it outside. Uh, same thing with the Lagunas route. He's just like, oh, yeah, you can go, but you really need to go with a guide who knows the way. I'm just like, all right. And then so we step out, and Maggie was like, oh, my gosh, we are – I'm a little scared about this. And I was like – I explained my rationale for well, going the in there. Well, the reason I said that was because he was like, you need to know a guide because this spot's wet, this spot can be hard to traverse, et cetera. And I had the memory of being stuck in the mud. Yeah. You know, and also with the added information that getting stuck in the salt flats is like one of the worst places to get stuck. Yeah. It's a very unique uh, recovery because the salt is, as it turns out, impossible to dig through. Mm -hmm. At least with like a hammer. I was trying to later hammer down our awning and I could not get a stake to go through the salt at all. 
So anyway, we, we start the trip. And I tell Maggie, like, okay, don't worry. Like, we can just follow a tour group as they're entering the Salar. And that's exactly what we did upon entrance of the Salar. We we just kind of waited for a tour group to pass by. Mm-hmm. And we followed their tracks exactly. Like complete <laughs> assholes. Well. No, yes. <laughs> I, so we were worried, like, oh, man, we're following them a lot. It's really blatant at this point. Yeah. Um, so the process for entering was extremely simple, it turned out, right? We Oh, yeah. And we ended up going on a route that was, like, I think the tour route, mm-hmm. where, like, the guys in the know would made their own road. Yeah. Because the road, the main road to get on the Salar is one of the worst corrugated messes in all of South America, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't take that road in. In, we were like, man, what's all the fuss about? Yeah. This was so easy. Yep. And we followed these two other land cruisers, um... Which was super cool because they went to parts that we would have purposefully avoided. Yeah, they set out immediately towards like a wet part of mm-hmm. the Salar. And one of the cool things about when it's wet is... It's reflective. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's like you're standing on a mirror, like a giant football-sized mirror. That um, ruins your shoes. It's great. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Maggie went out in leather boots and I was like, oh no, you're already, you're walking in weather, er, leather he boots. He told me so this I as I was like 200 yards away <laughs> from him and the only way back was through salt. And I was like, all right, like what, <laughs> when exactly, do is you, this the time? Do you respect leather, Maggie? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> possessions are fleeting. Um, um, so we followed them through... Um, probably like the first two hours yeah. of driving um, through this wet part with the reflection, which was great. And yeah, as Maggie said, it's not a place we would have driven on our own. No. Because I would have been worried about getting stuck. I didn't know. Exactly, yeah. I, I really knew what I didn't know in this situation. I had no idea yeah. about like what, what is dangerous about driving on salt. Should I follow exactly in his tracks? Should I follow staggered? It seemed like they were staggering each other, mm-hmm. not following mm-hmm. in exactly the same tracks. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the treachery was, but I was... I was just being very cautious. But my following the guides let me feel confident about it. Yeah. My favorite part about it was I was like, you have to pay them because like yeah. we've been using their services. So you have to just go pay them. And Adam went and paid them and they were like, mm, yeah, all right, man. <laughs> like, we'll take your money. They thought, it was, they thought it was really <laughs> funny. I bet this is not super common just because there aren't a whole bunch of people that take on the Salar on their own mm-hmm. relative to how many guides are out there. But they, I think they probably heard of such a thing before because they were just like, Okay, you can yeah. pay me. It's not a In big retrospect, deal. I wonder if maybe they would almost prefer you to follow a tour guide as opposed to going off on your own, getting lost like an asshole and getting stuck like an idiot. Yeah, and having becoming like a, a rescue target. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like in retrospect, it's probably just fine to do it. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, we're like we're right behind them. It's so obvious. There's no other people yeah. out here. Well, because they're they're two cars. They're there's they're all all these cars are so similar they're giant land cruisers with mm-hmm. stuff strapped on the roof like mm-hmm. you can tell a tour vehicle just by that like that's yeah. all it is um and they've got like you know five people in a car so they have a group of about 10 people and they would go to like three or four different places and there'd be no one else around and then they would stop and mm-hmm. we'd have no choice but to like <laughs> stop with slowly them slowly pull up behind them and stop <laughs> and then pretend like because we're just taking pictures oh, yeah. it's weird that we're all out here at the same time <laughs> Um, but yeah, after like the fourth time, I, w- I just walked off. I was like, hey, yeah, we're just following you because, you know, the route's not obvious. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> You're obviously following us. <laughs> oh, really? We hadn't noticed you, other third car. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. So the salt flats were amazing. Yeah, we really liked them. And so one of the main destination for tour groups is Isla Inca Huasi. Isla Inca Huasi is so strange. So from far away, it just looks like a big brown blob. And then you come up upon it. And it is this improbable island in the middle of this salt flat, which is just like white and flat for as far as you can see. And then this kind of comes up out of the horizon. First, it's like a dot and then it grows larger. And it's this weird brown island covered in these amazing gigantic cacti. Yeah. It is so flipping cool. The other cool thing about when you approach too is that the you get like a little bit of a mirage shimmer Mm -hmm. so it looks like it's floating above the white like it's just like what is that Mm -hmm. and it takes you know 20 or 30 minutes you're driving it's 45 kilometers to the island yeah across just a huge white expanse but yeah when you get close to it it's it's improbable yeah and then you can hike to the top of it and Uh 
get a nice view of everything. It's really cool. And this was the first point I think I became really grateful for our trip the way we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Because you'd see just the tours and they're all just kind of getting shuttled around, meat bagged, as you will. Um, And they don't really have a lot of autonomy. And we, so we climbed to the top of this island and we're like, you know, we could see a great distance around us. And we could see the other island, which is further away, but supposedly had great camping next to it. Isla Pescado. And we had asked about it when we mentioned uh, going into the guide before we left. And he's like, oh, no, you need you need to know how to get there. You can't do it on your own. And we just saw there was just a there road. There was like one really <laughs> blazingly obvious <laughs> road. And it was like it looked like it was in great condition. And when we say road, maybe we should clarify what you see is like a really beaten down set of tire tracks. Right. The salt flat itself has like a hexagonal cracked pattern for like different panels. It looks like giraffe hide. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then there'll be some trails just beaten into it by hundreds of cars going the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very clear how to get there. Even I was <laughs> like, no, that's pretty obvious. So once we were up there, we're like, you know, I think we could make it to that other island because we mm-hmm. were planning to stay at this island, but there were so many tourists, so many tour groups coming through. You know, it's like a whole established tourism area. Yeah. Um, but we were able to choose like, hey, you know what? Let's just let's go for it. Let's go explore over there. Yeah. And it was amazing because yeah. we drove out there to the second island, Isla Pescado, and it had zero people. We saw zero people it's the true. whole time we were there. And we just had the whole place to ourselves for as far as the eye could see in this super surreal environment. We talk a lot about the app iOverlander, which is what we use for a lot of navigation. And we'd gotten the warning um, not to park too close to the island because a uh, previous Overlander had gotten stuck for 24 hours Yeah. in that spot. And I have to say, intuitively, it was really easy to see not to do what that person did. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you were the very first person to go there and be like, oh, there's no tracks. Let me give it a shot. But you could clearly see that the, the salt became the mud and it there were people had been stuck there before yeah and it just wasn't safe and even just stepping on it with human weight you were like whoa this is not safe like it was very clear so we parked pretty far off the island um which felt like camping in the middle of the ocean yeah it was so cool it it's like there was a shore and we were like 30 feet into the water mm-hmm. with the water being the salt yeah. and the islands being right next to it. Um, yeah. So we could go to the island and pick up rocks. We use some rocks for making camp and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we could Peed. use it for the restroom. Yeah. There. We yeah. didn't want to scar the salt too bad with yeah. pee. Cause Yellow I feel salt. like that probably stays a while. <laughs> 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 really? Um, so yeah, that was, that was amazing. And as I mentioned, there was no one around there. So I got to do a little bit of project golden nethers. I walked out to the island and did a hike. He did this, by the way, while I was napping. If I had known <laughs> he was walking around naked in a hugely popular tourist destination. I, I had sandals on, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said something. This is, I am genuinely worried that one day you're going to get written up as a sex offender because you're going to be like walking I'm around naked. Walking around Salt Flats naked. Do you think some that's pla- no, just that some place in the outdoors makes? and some like lovely family is going to turn a corner with their child and you're going to be there with your golden nethers. They're, gonna <laughs> 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 ah! They're not golden. And this is why I'll have to bail you out of jail. They're not golden. I'm looking at them right now. No, you're not. You're looking at your thigh, you big liar. That's what, when I say nethers, that's what I mean. I mean, no, nethers refers to your junk. Yeah, but my junk, you know, I'm, we're not going to talk about what color my junk is, but <laughs> 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 you know what I mean. Yeah. My legs are pasty. Anyway, so we uh, anyway. we camped there and I have to say, I think that was like one of my favorite camping nights of the entire trip. Absolutely. It was hard. Like all oh, of this so stuff. So windy. So windy. We yeah. had uh, the awning set up because it's also so sunny during the, during the day. That's you why I had to take a nap was just to close my eyes against the like bright white light that is constant while you're on the salt. You know, this might actually be of all the places in the world, the most dangerous UV situation mm. because it's super high altitude. Yeah. You're at 12,000 feet. Or, yeah, exactly 12,000 feet, I think, mm-hmm. which is very high, which is already dangerous. And then you have perfectly reflective ground. So, like, it's like the combination of both of those things yeah. kills you. It was really intense. Totally uh. worth it, but, like, definitely uh, necessary to take some steps. Yep. And finding shade and, like, wearing sunglasses and closing your eyes. 
for me anyway was like what uh, saved the it. sunglasses were mandatory at all times yeah um, much like when you're skiing um because of the snow same thing right uh wearing goggles uh but yeah we had set up the awning and it was so windy in the evening that the awning started to be like a real risk for ripping up and falling apart or something yeah, like so that, we had to take that so down. we had to take that down in a in a rush but yeah, that was that was some Pretty world class night. camping. It was amazing. And it was a full moon too. So actually if you follow us on Instagram, we already posted a photo of Shadow at night and it looks like it's during the day because the moon was so bright and it was so cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um Okay, and so then we exited the next morning. We did. And this is actually my first exposure to a new uh, concept that Maggie's introduced me to. Um, she told me, so there's coffee situation here, is that you can brew coffee, but when you're at high altitude, brewing coffee like normal, boiling water, doesn't work as well. So we bought this stuff that's instant coffee. Wait, you're framing all of this like I invented instant coffee. No, I'm just saying there's instant coffee, and all you have to do is just add boiling water. It doesn't really need to brew. It's designed to immediately become coffee, and it's gross. Like any self, it does the trick. Self-respecting coffee drinkers would never say like. Wait, have I ever referred to myself as a (laughs) self-respecting coffee drinker? I just assumed all this time we've been together that you were a self-respecting coffee drinker. No, I will drink anything. So Maggie revealed remotely resembles coffee. This is what addiction looks like, Adam. Maggie revealed her true colors. (laughs) She's just like you know. I think I like the instant coffee better. No. No, that's not true. Okay. I don't like it better. I like the lack of hassle better. Okay, (laughs) that's what I mean. You said, I think I like the instant coffee. Oh, I do. And and I just, it it didn't consciously come to my brain. I just was like, you trash lizard. (laughs) (laughs) Stealing my jokes. Yeah. Using them against me. I misappropriated Maggie's joke and applied it to the fact that she is the laziest coffee drinker in the world. This is what addiction looks like, dude. So we've been trash lizarding a lot of our meals along this trip because it's a lot of hard work in the morning and you don't really want to set up a stove and cook and boil and like all this stuff. If you can make instant coffee instead of having to do the brewing, that's great. And we've had a lot of trash lizard meals because we can just eat some dry food. It means you have four less dishes to clean. Absolutely. That's a big deal because our AeroPress is great and it's really easy to use. Yeah. Um, But it does have lots of little plastic parts that all have to be washed. But you're still a trash lizard. You're a trash lizard. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, then we exited. We did this really cool time lapse. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be a video or not, but we drove, as we were driving out, you drive straight towards this island for like 20 minutes and it just gets slowly bigger over time. It's so cool. It's pretty cool. So we, we'll see if that came out pretty well. Maybe we'll make a post out of it. Um, and then and we started the Lagunas route. Yeah. So the idea was to go back to a uni and refuel, reprovision, Take some showers, like get everything squared away because the Laguna's route's four or five days in the middle of nowhere. So all those steps are pretty necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we did that was super important was getting the car washed very thoroughly with an eye towards removing the salt from the chassis because salt... From the who? The chassis. What's a chassis? just refers to the, the bottom part of the car. Who named it a here. chassis? Well, well, I just, you know, like it's... Chassis. <laughs> <laughs> You just like it because it sounds sassy. It d- it does. Sassy. I hadn't even put my thumb quite on why I liked it so if y- much. If you ever do an overlanding trip without me, you can name your expedition Sassy Chassis. I'm going <laughs> to give you that. That's your gift to the world. You can run with that. Um, so, yeah, we got all that stuff done. We got the car washed. We went and took some showers. Um, it felt really good to take a shower. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were salty. Yeah. So we found a shower place in town. Especially Adam, who apparently was traipsing about naked. I wasn't lying on the ground. Though, hiking naked in sandals on uneven terrain really does bring to mind the utility of having pants. Because if I was going to fall, that could have been pretty brutal. There are a lot of cacti and rocks and... You're an idiot. Your butt. I love you so much, but that's just dumb. Butts don't have... And in, you went in, in flip just flops, used to. if I recall correctly, yeah, too. Yeah, like, you you could have at least put on real shoes. You got to get sun on your toes when you're project Ew. nethering. Hey. Right. Um, so, yeah, then we headed out. We actually head out that very evening. It was probably 3 o'clock by the time we were actually ready to hit the road, but we figured we could make a little bit of progress. Well, because the idea was, like, either we can stay in a uni, which is, like, an annoying 
tourist yeah. stopover town that where everything is going to be obnoxious. That wasn't on the table. Yeah. We might stay at the train graveyard again. But that place was filled with bugs. It, there were so many flies. We've never had a problem like this with flies. We've had it before where so many flies get in the car and stand on the roof of the car. And it, it's really gross to see a, f- a swarm of flies. But we had the same thing happen at the train graveyard. But somehow they also hid somewhere deep in the car. I know. So we were getting rid of them. There were no flies on the salt flats. Yeah. Obviously, it's not a hospitable environment. Um, and then ne- like well into the next day, we were still getting flies out of the car. Yeah. From that I night in the train graveyard. They must have been hiding everywhere out of sight also yeah. for yeah. that many Those flies to keep coming. Those were wily ass little flies. Yeah, so anyway, the Laguna's route. Oh, man. This was probably the best nature experience I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's, I, I've done a lot. I you know I grew up in Tahoe, blah, 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 lots of trekking. This was amazing. And so it was four nights. We did. Is that the, yeah. the total? Yeah, mm-hmm. we spent four nights, five days through the Laguna's route. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. weren't trying to rush, but we kind of have to rush now for the rest of our trip so we just carved out as much time as we wanted for this and now we're just going to rush to make up for it well it's not for the rest of our trip we just have to get to Torres del Paine to meet my mom and stepdad right I misspoke in about 10 days yeah and we have all of Chile to get through <laughs> well we're already almost halfway through yeah. Chile we're we've been booking it we had a anyway, huge day yesterday that's getting, getting ahead getting well, ahead. Uh, spoiler so <laughs> before we went on the Laguna's route um I found many many posts from different overlanders and kind of just made a text file of their GPS waypoints and their recommended mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. and had this information. And then I have an app called maps.me and also Google maps is great because they have mm-hmm. an offline download mode. Um, so I downloaded the, uh, the maps into Google. So I downloaded the maps and maps.me and I had this text file of GPS points and that's really all we needed to, to yeah. do ahead of time. We didn't have a paper map. Um, we just we just made do yeah. with our phones. Um, so this was probably the part of the trip that we planned for the most um, because we knew we wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. It's about 250 miles with no amenities. Two, 270. 270. Yep. Um, and this is why basically we got the entire back rack put on our car so that we could ha- mount those two jerry cans. Uh, Bolivia in general and that. I knew about the Bolivia gas yeah. situation yeah. Um, and yeah exactly the lagoons route especially yeah. we knew that there'd be this long stretch um, it turned out also we needed that capacity probably i'd say more in, in that peru. peru highland drive that we did yeah um, but but yeah we wanted this this was like the number one requirement that i had in mind when i was designing and choosing shadows components yeah um, so the first night we stayed in a campsite with all these boulders as people were clearing out their herd of llamas, which was super cool. Yeah. And they came and shook us down. But that it was enough, a, man. it's the kind of shakedown that I, I will pay. Like, it's not like they're pretending they're authorities. They're just like, hey, can you give me a can of peaches? Can you give me, you know, something? Yeah. And we're like. How about a little money? Because we yeah. d- we food was actually something that we needed to. And we be said that to with. her, and she was like, "Oh yeah, totally, yeah. money, yeah. take it." Oh, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Um. So there was that. We stayed um, oh, at the center of Laguna Honda, um, uh, which is one of the first lakes well, that you see. Getting a little ahead, getting a little ahead, because mm-hmm. there was the, the river crossing. We were there's one thing that we knew about oh, yeah. on the trip. Uh, that we were concerned about, and we didn't know how many other cars were going to be out there. We, yeah. I, I was expecting a lot less, so that when I, w- the very first Land Cruisers I saw while we were airing down our tires, mm-hmm. um, I was like really excited and waving, and I told Maggie's like, "It's good that they're out here because now we're not so lonely and lonesome out here." No, there, there were, were plenty. There were pl- ended up being plenty of Land Cruisers at different times. I what would say it was the perfect combination of seeing a ton of other cars while we were driving and out like moving from spot to spot but every night we spent alone yeah th- so, so this it is was ideal this, i think yeah i agree the second aspect of why i'm really glad we did this trip this way was because these land cruisers for whatever reason would just go in a big flock of yeah. land cruisers they would go in like 20 land cruisers all in the same place no, like five well like think about the hot springs Oh, well, that that made sense because that was a destination. But it cleared out at the cer- a certain time. It's like true. There was Everyone zero left land at the cruisers. same time. So we got there. And we're like, holy crap! This is just a huge swamps tourist area, and Any, it really we're was. We're getting sidetracked yeah. from our sidetrack, which was the river crossing, which Adam had done a lot of reading about beforehand, and it was supposed to be um, like a pretty serious river crossing. Like you'd have to go suss it out depending on how much rain there had been. Yep. There are two different ways to cross it. We'd have to kind of see when we got there. 
And we but were planning on doing like a video on it and yeah. like being like really meticulous and talking about the process. But but then we got there. And there were there were land cruisers in front of us. The two that had been around happened to be crossing the river at the same time and they crossed in front of us and it was not a big deal. It was clearly no big they, deal at all. They stopped in the middle. When we first appo- got there, I was like, oh man, he's stuck. This is going to be a problem. What nope. are we going to do? No, he. I think he just stopped in the middle of the river to rinse the bottom of his chassis because yeah. he probably had gone through the salt flats recently too and yeah. he was just like standing there in the river sitting there in the river mm-hmm. is a great way it's like taking a bath for a car yeah um so yeah we, the crossing was not a big deal it was like nothing it although don- i wish we had taken a video after all because there were a few llamas milling around in the <laughs> river watching everyone cross yeah and it would have been cool just <laughs> to get the llamas <laughs> being like hmm? Hmm. <laughs> llamas are weird i love llamas um so yeah the crossing was no big deal though it had dominated my thoughts mm-hmm. the whole night before. Yeah. Um and then we arrived at our second night's camp. And we camped on a peninsula in the middle of a lake it surrounded was by flamingos. World class. It was amazing. Um That okay, I know I said the salt flat might have been one of our best nights of camping of all time, yeah. but this was also one of them cuz th- I don't know if you know what sound flamingos make, but they basically honk at each other yeah. constantly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they do sound a little bit like flies, just like bzzz, bzzz. or farts. You you said that at first. You're like, uh, are those flamingos? No, that is, it sounds like there's a fly around. I was like, no, that's a flamingo. And I also asked you once if you farted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like which I probably okay. had. <laughs> we'll get uh, to that. Uh, anyway, so that was pretty pretty great night. Well, for me, yeah, you had a rough night that night. Yeah, it was rough. Um, but I did. During that day, while Maggie Maggie's a little tired, um, I decided to hike up uh, and take a picture from above. This time with his clothes on. Yeah, there were people around Maggie. Mm-hmm, Come mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. you can't project Golden Nether irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a cool little mini hike just to get a picture of Shadow in this amazing spot, and it it was just a beautiful, beautiful camping place. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. Um, it was kind of funny because we were parked on the peninsula. And we were a little bit, like, on display. <laughs> yeah. People would stop, I think, just to take a picture of the flamingos and the lake, et cetera. There's, like, a little like, vista. There's, like, a hundred tourists who now have pictures of, like, us camping in the middle <laughs> of this yeah. lake. Yeah. We got there after, like, right as a swarm of land cruisers was leaving. And we had the place mostly to ourselves. But there was one time in the afternoon where another group came through. And I kind of felt bad because we're just, like, straight up bombing their photos. Mm-hmm. Photo bombing. Mm-hmm. But... Also, Shadow's good looking at least. Yeah, we looked pretty good out there. <laughs> they couldn't see us. <laughs> All you could see was Shadow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so uh, that was our second night. Yeah. And we got to wake up and take it slow and sit and drink coffee and listen to flamingos honk at each other. Oh, it was my God. There is really nothing better in the world, I think, than waking up. It takes me a really long time to wake up, too. Like, I'm not a morning person, mm-hmm. even a little bit. It takes her a while. She's yeah. booting for yeah. a long time. <laughs> it's like, you know, the buffering yeah. thing where you see, like, the spinning wheel. No, it's more like that for, like, the first hour. It's like the Windows XP starting screen, I think. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but doing ha- going through that long, long process that I go through surrounded by flamingos, uh-huh. mm-hmm. pretty great. Yeah, that was good. Pretty great. Um, and then we made our, our way to actually entering the park. So there's a reserve there that's like half of the trip is outside of the National Reserve and half of it's inside. So we crossed in and we went to Laguna, Colorado, mm-hmm. colored lake. Yeah. And it's a red colored lake, which is really bizarre. I think it's red because of an algae that grows in it. Mm-hmm. And it was huge. Right? Yes. And it was filled with flamingos and surrounded by llamas and vicuñas yep so we finally got our flamingo and llamas picture that i owed maggie Mm -hmm. because she had been salty about it since when we were in sahama and i didn't stop (laughs) we got a letter from a listener who agreed with me yeah i got shamed how could you not have stopped for that all caps shame on me they were correct Um, um beautiful lake i think that was you said at the time it was your favorite lake it is still my favorite yeah. lake. It is my favorite thing we have seen on this trip. Wow. Yeah, that includes the Galapagos. Wow. It was That's major. Amazing. Oh good. Cuz it w- it's just so improbable. Mm-hmm. Like in it I have to say too, it's the only place in the world where flamingos make sense. Yep. 
You see flamingos everywhere else in the world, and you're like, why are you bright pink? Why are you <laughs> like that? You are ridiculous. <laughs> Who do you think you are, flamingo? Yeah. In this place, you're like, oh, yeah, this is your home. You should be pink. It's it's red down there. Yeah. yeah. It's like you make perfect sense. You blend with this environment. <laughs> this is the only place in the world where they are camouflaged a little bit. It, it gets so cold at night that flamingos kind of freak me out. I'm going to be honest. Really? I, I, I was just, you know, I was having like a half awake thought about flamingos mm-hmm. one night. And I was like, it's freezing out there. And they're still standing in the water. I know they're not mammals. and They're cold-blooded, blah, blah, blah. But that means that their feet are like able to stand in freezing cold water for hours on end. They're basically just like dead sticks that they're standing on. Yeah, you mentioned that. Zombies. They're like zombies. It's freaking no, me out. No. It's weird. Okay. So. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we went from... Oh, so that night we camped in that canyon. Yeah, we wanted a little creepy. bit more shelter. Maggie, I didn't like the canyon. Maggie thinks the canyon was haunted. With no. the the ghosts of <laughs> flamingos past, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It 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 was kind of threatening to rain, and it's a slot canyon, and so there's a clear riverbed through it. But it was a sheltered spot, and we were able to get up on the edges of so this big Adam's wide like, canyon. Let's camp in here, but we got to be careful about flash flooding. And I was like, excuse <laughs> me. And she, yeah, she got a little. I I looked back at her a minute later, and she was like still perturbed. And I was like, oh, I mean, we can address that issue. We'll we'll park in a, a way that won't be a, r- a problem but you know yeah i freaked her out anyway <laughs> and uh, i think that had something to do with her not enjoying it yeah but and we went from there to laguna verde yeah and this was our last camping destination and it was also really great we mm-hmm. had to find a place for shelter and so we ended up driving down really close to laguna verde mm-hmm. on the edge of this hill and By it's the really way, its name is a lie it is not green it is turquoise. Uh, remember the morning, though? It was really green in the morning. It changed color. You're right. Um, it looked super green when the sun was pointing directly down on it. When it pointed at an angle, it was a lot more, yeah, aqua. It was like Laguna 69 colored yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it was also really cold. I think this lake was one of the lakes where you could really see the drought in effect. Yeah. I walked around on the the white rim around the lake and i realized like oh this is usually covered by the lake like this is this is supposed to be underwater this is the second time in our trip where we've been confronted with what is essentially a national disaster like these incredible droughts that made the driving conditions much safer for us right so (laughs) it's like this weird thing where it's like you don't want to be like yay there's a drought because like people suffer yeah that's true um but it did make our navigation uh, much less treacherous. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Yep. It was um, it was very striking to see that difference, mm-hmm. like where the lake could come out to and where it was. Yeah. Uh, but it was still very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we forgot, not necessarily important, but before getting to Laguna Verde, actually 80 kilometers from the border is a customs office that is pretty mandatory to go to because the other customs office next to the border is often closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least this is the information we found on iOverlander. Yeah. And that process was so easy. It was like the nicest We met guy. the nicest man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, here's the form. He, okay. he was coming back from his lunch break. He's like, no, no, come with me. Come with me. And so we like go into his office and he like stamps our forms. He's like, you guys are going to leave tomorrow? Perfect. How you feeling? Are you tired from the altitude? I'm tired from the altitude. I was like, you're right, sir. I am tired from the altitude. This this customs office is at 16,500 feet. Yeah. So that's 300 feet higher than where we got stranded and we're like sick and dying. Yeah. It's probably the highest customs office in the world. It's the highest I've ever been in my life. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so we, we dropped off the paper for shadow. That's mm-hmm. the import permit or the permission. Every mm-hmm. country has a different term. I don't remember what it is in yeah. Bolivia, but Nobody cares. it's the process of just basically like, here's the thing you gave me that said I could drive here. I'm giving it back. And then you know, he stamped leaving. it. You stamped it and we were good to go. Yeah. And um, so the next day we left Bolivia mm-hmm. and we were, um, they have another migration office before the aduana, the customs. And um, we stopped there. We're like to the we see a guy with sunglasses and a hat on. And we're like, hey, we stopped yesterday. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. I helped you. Yeah. We're like, oh, my God, it's you again. It was just the same guy. <laughs> it was so exciting yeah. to see him again. Like what? how many miles away? 
80 kilometers. Yeah, it was yeah, I don't know. hilarious. 50, 40, 48 yeah. miles. Anyway. Um, and we had gotten warnings from iOverlander and other things that this particular Bolivian um, customs office could be a little bribey. Yeah, I, I was always, I learned, we'll get to this in the in the roundup, but I learned to be pretty braced for bribes mm-hmm. and we read online that there's like they tried to charge an exit fee which isn't a thing w- which isn't a thing so i was ready for that but we went to this customs office and we were out in like a minute it was i'd say like 45 seconds uh, not customs uh migration yeah this is migration we went in we were they're like can we see your passports stamp stamp okay bye and yeah. i was like is that it he's like yeah thanks for coming to bolivia yeah <laughs> and we need to leave a I overlander comment to that effect. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's always because you read these past things that the past situations sound like nightmares, like before somebody got there and they were told they needed to go to a different uh, migration office 80 kilometers away. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we have exactly enough gas to get to San Pedro de Atacama after this. We can't yeah. do that. And they're like, well, tough problem. And like just that yeah. kind of situation and so i was ready for that kind of stuff nope but super easy it was less than a minute yeah it was um, insane it was how easy it was and then you're there and it's it's you're right on the edge of uh chile and then there's a sign that says welcome to chile and it's a, i think it's kind of a slap in the face because like a beautiful road just starts right there like <laughs> I know. right next to the sign <laughs> just like here you go infrastructure <laughs> So, Did you miss paved roads? Yeah. Welcome. Well, welcome to Chile. <laughs> no, it just says Republic of Chile. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Um, so we aired up our tires because mm-hmm. we had been aired down for five days, um, which was great for all the trails. But as soon as you want to get on pavement and drive 70 miles an hour again for the first time in like five months, definitely want to air up the tires. Yep. We did that. And then we hit the road. We yeah. We cruised into San Pedro de Atacama. Yeah. And did migration and, and customs there, which is strange. It was about 45 minutes of driving uh, before you, <laughs> you, you're like in yeah, no man's in land no for man's a long land. time. And that concludes our time in Bolivia. Yeah, it does. Which was our most rugged country for sure. Yep. I was warning Maggie ahead of time when mm-hmm. we were in Peru about to enter Bolivia. I was like, yeah, this has been hard. Bolivia is probably going to be a lot more like this. So I would say in comparison, Peru was... The hard parts of Peru were harder. But we also chose them, yeah. I think. Like, we're like, we're um, going to do this hard part of Bolivia Peru. was just like a low-level difficulty constantly. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we've talked before at the end of other countries, like, what our recommendations would be. And my recommendation for Bolivia would be, um, you must speak Spanish. <laughs> um, hmm. And it is definitely more rugged so if you're a person who's into like a lot more creature comforts well you can find those comforts in the big cities sure i think you could sure 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 but the big cities are not the fun part of of bolivia there are three cities or four cities in bolivia that are all very comfortable if you want to make them comfortable la paz uh, cochabamba cochabamba Mm -hmm. uh, santa cruz Mm -hmm. and sucre we found Mm mm-hmm Sucre was my favorite city. Yeah. But I would say, like, it's not coming worth coming to Bolivia just to go to the big cities the way that it might be worth going mm-hmm. to Colombia to go to Medellin. I agree. You know? Yeah. I, the and so um, if you're going to come, you want to go outdoorsy, maybe you should be ready. Yeah. The point, <laughs> I feel like, of Bolivia is the amazing landscapes, mm-hmm. the amazing surroundings. The big cities... I mean, that period of time that we were kind of down was a big, long period of kind of just being in a big city and not having a lot to do mm-hmm. and not, it, there's not, it's not super interesting or compelling, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So, Adam, do you have any ratings of Bolivia you'd like to share? Well, first of all, in general, I think um, something very important to me, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. um, I give five Tigo bars out of five Tigo bars for their uh, telecommunications, the cell phone service, mm-hmm. very easy, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. The service coverage was great; like it was fast coverage everywhere. Was fantastic! It was yeah. super economical. Seven dollars a a week and for pretty close to unlimited. Like you could burn through that data if you wanted to, but we it's never did. Very generous. Yeah. And the other cool thing is, um, you get these prepaid cards that make perfect sense. Yeah, you just buy cards. You don't have to like be in an electronic teller where you're like. 
hey, I want to put this much on my phone. You're like every other country, you do this at a grocery line, basically. Which is so obnoxious because you hold up the line, yeah. and you can see everyone just hating you. Yeah, it's like, can I recharge my phone? Which is fair because if I was behind someone in line doing that, I'd hate them too. Because you check out, you buy you know, all your groceries, you do your whole thing, and you're like, okay, and then one more transaction it has to be a separate transaction, mm-hmm. and you have to tell them like communicate. Here's my phone number. Did it go through? Like all this stuff. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, no, no. Here you just go out. There's a little kiosk. You pay 50 Bolivianos, which is like $7. Um, and you get a card. You can scrape off the card, mm-hmm. enter a code in your phone. You can do this from anywhere that you have cell service, anywhere that you'd actually want to use it. So if you run out of data, you can just recharge it right there. It's the best system. Yeah. So five Tigo bars out of five Tigo bars. And Tigo is the carrier there in yeah. Bolivia that I, I recommend. I give Bolivia... Um, Eight lakes out of eight lakes for being economical. Oh, yeah. It is cheap. Uh-huh. Um, really is, in general. Yeah, I mean, everything is cheap. Um, it and is. And so we had, like, bomb lunches for, like, $2, $2 each. $2 each, yeah. Like, for amazing food. Yeah. You know, like, very filling and also healthy. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Oh, I yeah, also give it... Roadside food, yeah. 20 arepas out of 10 arepas. <laughs> you just that was one arepa that we found there. I don't think that's a very common thing. I'm just going to throw that For out there. For how good the uh street food was. Yeah. yeah. Street food in Bolivia is and, and fucking bomb. And like it the pit stops, so the roadside food too. Yeah. Uh, that one the truck we had. Stop food with close, the shredded meat. Uh to Sahama. Yeah, uh, leaving Sahama. It was amazing. It was a really bizarre combination. We already talked about it, but it had like two hard-boiled eggs, dried meat, it was, it, was, it was great. And there was some other stuff in there. I don't, I don't <laughs> you remember. You don't care. I just remember the meat um, parts. Let's see. I also give it um, 10 flamingos <laughs> out of 11 Ooh. for flamingos. Whoa, not a full 10 out of 10 flamingos. Well, it was out of 11. Yeah, 10 flamingos out of 11 flamingos uh-huh. on flamingos. Because I would still give La Guajira in North Colombia. Mm-hmm. That's the... That's the bar for 11 out of 11 flamingos. Yeah, that was a lot of flamingos just <gasps> improbably clustered in a strange place for in them to be. In green water. It, like, it was so beautiful. But here there are a lot of flamingos also in, pr- mm-hmm. in very improbable places. Either. That's true. I think it's a harder life up here. Yeah, and there are also different kinds of flamingos. Yeah, apparently um, four different species of flamingo. We saw gray flamingos, which I've never seen before. Uh-huh. That was weird. Yep. Um, let me see. I give... This is... The one negative thing I'll say, and it, it did prove to be true. Mm-hmm. Two innocent acting middle-aged police officers <laughs> out of six innocent acting middle-aged police officers for bribes. Bribe attempts. Bribe attempts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We actually paid zero bribes, but it did take a lot of showdowns. I had a lot of bribe showdowns, and sometimes over really minor amounts, just little situations, but it's, it's definitely the principle of the thing for me mm-hmm. because if you pay the bribe, the next person's probably going to have to pay the bribe or it's more likely that it's going to be difficult for the next person. Yeah. Whereas if every person is just like, no, I'm not paying anything. Yeah. I know this is not a payahe. I'm not paying. Yeah. It's like you make eye contact, you stare them down and you just say that and they, they'll make up some stupid excuse. Yeah. It's pretty funny though. The innocent acting part is um, they will do the thing where it's like, you got to pay. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay anything. And then I don't say anything. <laughs> and they're like, well, then I have to look at all your paperwork it's like, oh, okay. you, mean, you mean like do your job? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You need to do that. You didn't the... say that. No, though. I didn't say that part. Okay. I but I was like, okay. Yeah. And I got yeah. the paperwork and he's like, you know, I came back with the paperwork from the car and they'll be like, oh, well, if you show this, then you don't have to pay. It's like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. buddy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, but I gave only two out of six and not one out of six because we didn't end up having actually to pay anything. It mm-hmm. wasn't like a dangerous situation. No. And the one time we got pulled over and we had done something wrong, like we were speeding a little bit. They didn't ask for anything. They, they didn't even try. So, like, you know, it's not like a terrible, horrible thing that you can't cope with. It's just you got to kind of be on your guard every time. It's just an annoyance, I'd say. Yeah. Like yeah. It's just the way that, like, it's an annoyance. I don't know, paying tolls are annoying. Yeah. Uh, every uh, the advice I'd give is just like in any of those situations is like all right well am I gonna get a receipt you know like that's how you can kind of suss out whether or not this is gonna yeah. be bullshit or not it's like are you gonna give me a receipt oh no I guess we did get kind of a heads up that this was coming right in our entrance to Bolivia oh yeah <laughs> no no I, yeah. that that was our very yeah. first uh, yeah. experience with it and it was like no that receipt. one was that one was definitely the hardest too to like yeah. call bullshit on because yeah. he's like 
giving us a whole run around and like yeah. this is all the steps you're going to need to take. You're going to need to go to town, come back. Yeah. Right. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So, any last ratings for Bolivia? Uh, yeah. Uh, seven breathtaking views out of eight. Breathtaking views. What, for what breath could it have done views. to get that last view? It's not fair, but we didn't get to really see much of Condorieri mm-hmm. or the the beautiful area of La Paz, and that was due to weather. Mm-hmm. So, but Sahama National Park, beautiful, amazing place to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. The prominence of that huge mountain right next to these beautiful plains, mm-hmm. great. And then of course uh, the Salar de Uyuni and the Lagunas route. Yeah. Breathtaking, world-class stuff to see. Yeah. I, I really feel like uh, the Laguna's route is probably in the top five of nature destinations in cl- around the world, like Patagonia and uh, Himalayas and yeah. things like that. Like, it's it's really up there. So, beautiful. Yeah. If you're planning a trip like this, we highly, 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 highly recommend you go to Salar de Uyuni and the Laguna's route. Yeah. But do be careful if you're coming from Chile because the climb in altitude between Chile and Bolivia is 6,000 feet. Yeah. And like w- easily to do in like two hours of a drive. Yeah. So do not do it that way. You yeah. got to accl- acclimatize a little bit better. So, um, Adam. Yes. Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam. Mm-hmm. It's your favorite time of the, m- the week. What What time is it? It's time for your technical corner. Yay. Boo. <laughs> Adam's <laughs> technical corner. Um, this one's a pretty simple subject. It's just about the gas mileage planning that we did going mm-hmm. into this. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we knew we needed to be able to drive 280 miles without gassing up at all. Mm-hmm. And our car cannot go that far on a single tank of gas. We mm-hmm. knew that. I knew that back in the U.S. As Maggie mentioned, we bought the bumper just so that we could carry gas cans. Um, it has other advantages, of course, but that mm-hmm. turned out to be the one that drove us to do that. Um, the other advantages ended up being just as important, I'd say, like the, being able to carry trash in the trash room, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. the rear tire not be below the vehicle mm-hmm. so that you don't. That's you been a, a big deal. It's called uh, approach angle and departure angle are like the angles that ground might hit your vehicle as you're driving through deep ruts. Um, getting stuff off the back there definitely helped us. We actually clipped our little license plate holder, which is a pretty cool piece of damage to have on a overlanding vehicle, I think. But anyway. I digress. Um, but the gas mileage, we needed 280 miles. And I have, been, I have ever since we've gotten Shadow, monitored very closely the gas mileage. And the way I do that... Uh, yeah, no, please go on about the way that you do that. <laughs> the, way, <laughs> the way I do that is by noting every time we fill up, which means like run the pump until it stops as like a reference point, noting the mileage. And by doing that, you can note the deltas between the two fill-ups and you know how many miles you've driven in between the fill-ups, and you know how many gallons exactly you put into the vehicle because you know from the gas pump exactly what, what's in there. I can attest firsthand to the fact that he does this because this one time I was running really late for work. <laughs> uh, and you, when we lived in San Francisco and I had to drive all the way out to Cupertino, which was like an hour and a half long drive, I, just I got in the car and realized that there was no <laughs> gas. <laughs> Went to go gas up, texted Adam angrily because I was like, I did not know that there was no gas. Like, why? Why would you leave the car with no gas in it? And he's like, oh, yeah. Can you note the (laughs) mileage and how much you put into it and then text me that information? I had just put a new mass airflow sensor in the vehicle and I was very interested to know the results. And I almost set the car on fire. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons to monitor the gas. When you change a component, you want to know, like, did this fix a problem? Like, mm-hmm. this was this something that really improved the gas mileage? Because that's a great, uh, it's a great signal of how healthy the vehicle is. Yeah. Um, but by doing this, I had known that we had been, you know, I mentioned all the throttle position sensor struggles mm-hmm. and the gas canister struggle we've been having. The gas mileage is variable. We had been finally stabilized at around 16 miles per gallon, mm-hmm. right? So using that number, I went down to 14 because I know the altitude makes your mileage worse and you're driving off-road. That also makes your mileage worse. Um, so it turned out for 280 miles, 14 miles per gallon, 20 gallons is exactly right, right? And so in order to – we don't want to have exactly right on something so essential. We don't want to just like putter into the gas station in Chile and be like, we made it. So I wanted a <laughs> buffer of 50%. Yeah, that's a huge buffer. But that buffer also the thinking behind that is even if the gas mileage drops so bad, something breaks, 
mm-hmm. we'd still be able to make it. it. We've never had mileage that bad, and, 50% worse. And one of the points you made too is like if we run into somebody else who's run out of gas, we'll be able to help yeah. without being worried about our own safety. Exactly. And I think that that's a really good measure to take. Yeah. So we had we ended up leaving with 29 gallons. Um, mm-hmm. What we did was we filled three one-liter bottles and carried them with us in the car. Not super... Not super recommended, but, but we did it was that a for less term. than a day. Yeah. That was less than twenty four hours. By, no, even just our first night, we just filled up those bottles in the morning. So that yeah. you use the spare gas up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we did was buy a little ten liter, which is um, two and a half gallons of mm-hmm. gasoline, uh, bidon, uh, like a little gas can. That's what the Spanish word is bidon. And we used bailing wire and strapped it to our bumper. Again, mm-hmm. the bumper came super in handy. We already have these extra ten gallons on the bumper. But with that, we were able to carry um, another extra four gallons uh, with those two other means. Mm -hmm. And it turned out all we needed was that extra four gallons. We got to the gas station without even touching the rear bumper's spare fuel capacity, Mm -hmm. which on one hand is like, cool, that was good planning. That's exactly what we were shooting for. Um, But on the other hand, it's like, oh, what was the point of the rear bumper if all you needed it for was carrying the extra gas can? But... Like we've I said, needed we needed the it. Big bidons, lots of other times. Yeah, we've needed a lot. We needed it yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. we probably will need need it in South Argentina too. It's mm-hmm. pretty remote there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's that's the gas mileage. Just in, on a general note, mm-hmm. and we mentioned it already, but a round of applause for Shadow because Shadow is like she got her groove back. Yeah, she she nailed this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, everything went really smoothly, and she's um, a queen. Where we were well equipped mm-hmm. for such a expedition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maggie. Yes. What's in your self care pillow fort? I talk a lot about what I've been reading. Yeah. And this is no exception. <laughs> yeah. What is it? I'm rereading the Harry Potter books. So one thing Maggie's not mentioning here is she reads so fast. She read all of Prisoner of Azkaban in like three hours. No, it was it's way more than that. It seemed like it was a day. Like you, you three hours of reading in a single day. Yeah, probably. Y- well, yeah. Okay, Are yeah. Are you counting the you time mean. you're not reading? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, I've read it before. Second of all, it's written for like fourth graders. Like I can read at that level pretty quickly. Yeah, but that's really fast. It's not like I was getting through Tolstoy at that speed. You're reading it and you're savoring it. You're really enjoying it. I, I mean, totally I totally am. I am. Yeah. I know about skimming, like reading things and skimming that quickly. And I think no, no, I'm not skimming. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this is great. This is great. She was just like I love the Harry Potter yeah, she, books. Oh, I, I don't and blame I you. I love them the, too. And I have the um iBooks enhanced edition version of them, which means they have all the images from Pottermore. So some of them have like little animations and stuff. Like when Ron gets a howler uh-huh. in the second book, the, there's like no spoilers. First of all, oh and also God. I'm trying so hard to forget Harry Potter so that I can reread them and enjoy them like new. And anyway. she keeps reminding me. She won't let me forget Harry Potter. She keeps bringing up characters names and situations he got so salty i asked him what position he yeah. would play in quidditch and he was like quidditch is a dumb sport it is <laughs> and it i is. was that, personally that was <laughs> affronted <laughs> i really hurt her feelings <laughs> we're up in the tent and she like basically turns over rolls over and like mm-hmm. pouts because i said that and i was like oh i'm sorry i just think it's a really stupid I'd be sport a chaser, it's a, it's a super, and i'm pretty sure that adam would I'd be, be a, a blogger beater. a blogger god damn it adam <laughs> so I've been rereading Harry Potter, which has been delightful uh-huh. um, for like the last couple days. I'm, I just started the fourth book. Um, Your wizard, Harry. God, you do the worst Hagrid voice. I, anyway. I can't tell if I'm trying to impersonate Hagrid or Dumbledore when I say that. Neither. You don't sound like either of them. Harry Potter. Now you sound like Dobby. <laughs> um, should we do our three Bs so that you stop doing your terrible accents forever and ever? Amen. That may be your brutal, though, so I might have to do it again. No. Adam, do you have a choice for beautiful? Uh, yes. And it's all so beautiful, so it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I feel like naming any one thing takes away from the whole trip. It was like five days of beautiful. Yeah. But my favorite one moment was really out on the Solar at night, trying to do some night photography, just practicing, taking mm-hmm. pictures of shadow. So beautiful because we had we got lucky. It was a full moon also, so yeah. if you're in this just just unearthly landscape. It's amazing. You yeah. can see the cracks in the salt from the moonlight. You can see the cactus. There's enough light to see almost everything around you with no help. It was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Solar was pretty great. 
Maggie? Mine's Laguna, Colorado. Nice. I mean, that it's so strange, and it's the one thing I knew was coming yeah. uh, right when we first started planning this trip, and the thing I was, like, really excited for. It's, it's very it strange. And it lived up to it. It's like, what? It's a lake, but it's red on white. Pink. ground yeah. so it, like it, the spectrum on the edges is from white to red so you see pink and the blue sky reflected in it makes it purple and yeah. then there's these flamingos and there's vicuñas and llamas and it's just extraordinary yeah mm-hmm. yep. um what adam <laughs> is your choice for i feel like i know what this is gonna <laughs> be brutal uh, it's all right master all right. your pride man you can do this so I don't have a great filter. I'm just going to put a trigger warning on the beginning of the story. If you don't like poop stories. If you, <laughs> if you don't like falling out of tent shitting stories, <laughs> <laughs> um, this story is not for you. Uh, but ba- we, I don't know what happened. I think we got, we got some meat at a market. We ate it. We felt fine for 24 hours. We left it in the fridge, refrigerated it. And then 24 hours later, Maggie's like, I'm making soup. I'm going to put the meat in. And this is my best guess as to what happened. But I think I got a pretty nasty dose of E. coli or something. Because all of a sudden, we're watching something up in the tent on the our arrival. laptop. Yeah, we were watching The Arrival on our laptop. And I, it was like the most climactic part of the movie. Like, we have 15 minutes left. And I, I'm like, Maggie, hit the space bar. I'm like, Maggie, I got I to gotta go. This is urgent. So I left the tent. Um had a poop it was diarrhea it was <laughs> <laughs> i would call this i wouldn't call it a an emergency poop i'd call it an urgent poop but it happened i came back i was like oh man i don't know what happened i don't feel great fast forward we go to bed 1 30 in the morning comes i wake up I, anytime i move i'm just like oh geez grumble like I, it'll wake me up and i have to urgently get out again urgent poop not an emergency poop um i'm just like okay 1 30 uh, this is bad. I, you know, having to poop this often. This is this sucks. We're camping, but I get out of the tent and I go and I take care of it. I was like, okay, I should be good for the night. Go back, <laughs> go back to sleep, and I toss and turn a little bit at like four in the morning, and I wake up and I'm like, you know what? It's almost morning. I'm just gonna ignore this. I'm just gonna, I can, I can make it to the morning. You know. No. Uh, no. right around five, which I'd like to point out is the coldest time of night, right? Mm-hmm. Right. At, right before dawn is the coldest time of night. <laughs> I turn over and I, my eyes, I'm sure it was just like a cartoon. Like my eyes pop open. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> this, and, and I'm like back in, I don't know if anyone's had when you're like a three or three year old, five year old have memories of like being puking, like not being able to make it to the bathroom and having this whole thing. I do have a memory I, of that. I think it's yeah. a very traumatic thing for a little kid. It was just yeah, like you're that. you're not like aware of your body, and so yeah. it really does sneak up on yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> I am currently 12 feet in the air in like two sleeping bags wearing nothing, and I need to be on the ground with my pants pulled down pooping <laughs> immediately. <laughs> How do I make this happen? <laughs> so, I feel so bad for the members of my family who listen to this, who I know like don't really love it that we talk constantly. Uh, we about just got to power through. We just got to like, power. Sorry, Can't think guys. about that. So here I am, <laughs> about to explode with shit. I'm thinking like, <laughs> I'm. It, it, I'm right now. I'm just thinking like, don't shit in your only sleeping bag in the middle of nowhere because you need this for the next three days like i just want to get out of the sleeping bag much less the tent like i'm gonna interject (laughs) here (laughs) sure at this point adam is wrestling the tent open but in that way that only someone in a deep (laughs) panic can which means like it's he's making it harder with his panic yeah he's like so frantic trying to open it that he's like rocking the whole car i needed to be told let's not panic grip on the zipper because he's like oh i didn't know you were awake for that part that makes me i woke up every time oh no because so you heard exactly what happened so (laughs) so i get the tent open good like I'm out of the sleeping bag that's the first checkpoint just getting out of my sleeping bag in case i shit myself at least I'm not going to soil my sleeping bag. We could deal with, like, the sheets and the smell in the tent. 
Yeah. yeah. But I was already things. like, don't don't shit the tent is the next checkpoint. Also a very important checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm I'm coming down the ladder. I'm all right. I'm like, all right, all right I'm clear of the <laughs> the shitting the tent and shitting the sleeping bag concerns. <laughs> Fall off the ladder. Right. And and my sleeping bag is like hanging halfway out of the tent. I fall off the ladder. I'm like, oh my God. A little bit of I'm I'm gonna use the term shart. A little bit of shart on impact. Um <laughs> Oh my god. And so I just This rip- is the grossest podcast we've ever done. I'm so sorry. <laughs> rip my pants off wholesale. Like I'm wearing two layers of pants, like long johns underwear. Rip everything off wholesale just with my <laughs> socks in one motion which was a great move and stagger like two steps and it it just comes it just it just it was three steps from the ladder yeah three st- okay so i stagger and this is just getting to the ground i've been on the ground for exactly like five seconds and i just explode and it's it's just <laughs> disgusting it's just a like a racing stripe of brown <laughs> splatter <laughs> Across the white, <laughs> the white sand, it it was like in um, Big Lebowski, Maud coming in doing her painting where she's getting like zip lined in with paint. It was like that on the ground. There are a few drops. Oh, we're getting a divorce. There are a few drops <laughs> before the three feet away, like, and I don't know where the drops came from, but it was it was really really bad. And th- then I'm in this situation where it's freezing cold. No pants I have, on. Well, I have pants around one leg. My <laughs> pants are like knotted and twisted in the dirt around one of my feet because <laughs> that's all I could get off. I've it's just like all I had brought my beanie and my headlamp, but I ended up just dropping them some some part and at some point in, in the, the fracas. No, no, it was in before the fracas. The fracas. <laughs> I think that's what it's called when you almost fucking ruckus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fracas. When you fall out of a tent shitting, it's called a fracas. Uh, it was <laughs> like, like a, a feces ruckus. <laughs> yeah, there you go, a feces ruckus. <sighs> so at this point, I'm like, hey, <laughs> do you, do you are you okay? <laughs> do you need any help? And Adam's like, no, because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want you to look out and see the crime scene that was happening out there. It at was, the time, it was like a garage sale pretty- with all my stuff, <laughs> like everything scattered on the ground. It's just <laughs> the biggest, it, literally the biggest mess I've ever been. In. <laughs> and I, I'm freezing cold. I don't have any toilet paper. I'm gonna have to like do the like, poop waddle. <laughs> don't come out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not come out here. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this moment's the most brutal moment. I'd say I'm freezing cold. It's so it's like 20 degrees or like 15, 20 degrees. No clothes on at all. I have like a shirt. I have my Under Armour shirt on, and, and like don't even have my beanie. My He's hands. He's porky pigging around our campsite. <laughs> I didn't soil anything on my hands, but you know how it is when you're like, well, admits the, the poop. Hilarious part was like, did you poop your pants? <laughs> <laughs> and Adam's like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> it uh, is so hard in that moment not to laugh, but you know, like you can't, you know what my brutal is? Keeping myself from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this yeah, was going I on. would have been pretty mad if you laughed. Oh, in that you moment. would have fucking burned the car to the ground. Yeah. So was, and also, so yeah, like I had to waddle, find toilet paper. This was like a half an hour process of Adam then cleaning up everything. It it changed me. I came out the other end of that experience. <laughs> a different knowing, man, knowing different things about life. Yeah. All right. So that was Adam. that was my brutal. <laughs> it's gonna be my brutal too. That was just. <laughs> Double brutal. Double brutal. All right. Do you have a choice for Bizarre that has nothing to do with poop? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it doesn't have anything to do with poop. Uh, <laughs> that's What's a pretty big requirement. What's your choice for Bizarre? We mentioned we went to a shower place after... Im- this whole thing no no not no after uh the solar the Mm -hmm. the salt flats and this had been a few days um and we needed to use the restroom after having been in nature and not wanting to poop on the salt flat uh so i was really excited to go to this huge shower establishment that had bathrooms Mm -hmm. but they didn't sell any toilet paper yeah or have any like (laughs) okay i understand a lot of places you got to bring your own toilet paper but like they're they're charging a dollar 
to use the toilet, yeah. you should have toilet paper. Yeah, they're charging to use the shower. They're charging for these types of facilities. That's the whole point of the place, and they didn't have toilet paper. I, and she was, like, giving me really convoluted instructions to obtain it. I was like, this is weird. Yeah, um, that's your choice for Bazaar. That's my pick. What about yours, Maggie? Um, I think the uh, the Cactus Island in the Salar, just because it's so, like, what are you even doing here? Who do you think you are with all your cacti? Yeah. Just standing here in the middle of this salty, salty ocean. It's a really interesting contrast. Yeah. It's it makes no sense. Yeah. It That's my choice for Bizarre. And I think, uh, I should have researched this, but I think the history of that whole place, like the Solar, the Salt Flat, it's a lot of salt. I think it used to be ocean at some point and got raised by the moving of the tectonic plates. Mm. And you can see these islands have rocks that look very much like coral. They're obviously yeah. millions of years dead, but... Um, it's really cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It's a, it's a strange landscape. Well, that's our very poopy episode of How Shadow Got Her Groove Back. Yeah. Adam, would you say you have your adventure juice back? Yeah. All your hiyahs? I think so. What about yeah, you? Definitely. Yeah. I would say this leg was so amazing that it pulled us completely out of our funk, even though we dealt with some... Oh. GI excitement. Maggie too. We were really sick. Yeah, like there I, was one night where we, I was pretty sure I was going to barf. I think that says so much though, because we were so under the weather. I, yeah. I because Maggie got the same thing just a few days, a, a day or two later. Well, I didn't have anything she really was, as yeah. exciting happen. She went the other way. She just got constipated. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But uh, we ended up needing to take antibiotics again because mm-hmm. it was so bad i got yeah. a pretty bad fever the next day and yeah. it was like pretty serious um, yeah so but we still had an amazing yeah, time but that's what i mean it, i think it means it says a lot that we had such a good time even though we were so sick it was just yeah. so amazing um yeah it, it was super hard obviously and it was maggie pointed out eight days of pretty hard tent camping in a row yeah um but loved it been pretty great some of the best ever so so if you'd uh like to see pictures of everything except for our poop yeah you can follow us on let's not panic on instagram no poop pictures it's true and if you want to talk about how much you loved adam's shit story (sighs) you can rate and review us on itunes or the podcatcher of your choice yeah and we'd just like to say thank you to uh wet wipes for supporting we're divorced (laughs) that's it (laughs) we're done here for supporting our expedition in such a strong way thank you wet wipes um thanks for listening guys we're sorry (laughs) we're so sorry this is what it sounds like where we are